the six F's. There used to be five F's. There's a lot of reading actually on five F's. The traditional five F's were or are uh, fitness, finance, family, faith, and friends. I think that's right. And then there's some interplay of other ones. Um, uh, I think there should be six. And I've had this uh, idea just to speak about that, the audience particularly, that's that it's important for um, is philosophically arguable, uh, meaning, you know, if you're 50 two years of age, um, finished your second career through second marriage, um, four children, very successful business, member of your church, etc. There's probably just out of curiosity, you know, it may be of interest for you to hear about, um, not my version, but like a, a transcendence and inclusion of all the versions into six F's. Um, so when you think about who this concept is really for, that there's going to be anything within it that's going to be helpful, it's probably to um, a late teenager or young individual, either finishing out of uh, uh, high school or just going into just going into post-secondary education or just just graduating, or hopefully you know just graduating, and uh, that doesn't mean that obviously that those those only people that uh, have to listen in, but it's probably applicable more so to those individuals. And uh, I thought about that a lot. And most of the reading that's uh, out there on the five Fs are uh, largely marketed to an audience uh, that uh, has to contend now with the therapeutic realm of fixing a number of the Fs in order to create what's called wholeness, you know, um, or it's sold by as a concept by individuals that are trying to sell something, either finances on the back end, like, you know, listen, I'm going to stand up in front of a room and speak about what I think are the five F's and how you balance and create fulfillment in life, etc. And then by the way, on the way out, don't forget to pick up my book and DVDs and uh, sign up for my, you know, thing per month. You get the drift, right? It's not always that, but hey, there's something in there. Um, there is actually lots of free information out there on people's different perspectives of uh, the five F's. I would ask you to do your search. Uh, and because uh, through that search, it's kind of hilarious where people, instead of just putting like one, one person, uh, instead of putting fitness, well, I, I now I understand why he did this. But anyways, I found it funny. He spelt physical F-I-S-I-C-A-L, physical, because he had to put fitness at the end of it. And I was like, why not just do why not just use fitness as the base? Um, also, if you want to do your reading on the multiple different versions, just do five F's of life or five F's, you know, in life. And uh, take down all the different versions and the different articles. They're usually not long ones. So, and look at seeing the differences like I did and scour the, the, the you know, the changes. The most interesting thing from my lens, because of my fitness background, um, is... It's so funny that, again, this is what I talk about with regards to fitness and its uh, basics and the basics working and being supportive for vitality. It's uh, kind of interesting that, uh, you know, that fitness is inside the five Fs, <laughs> you know, like there could have been, just think of all the other, there's another thing you can do, think about all the Fs that could have been in there, you know, fracking, uh, fraternity, 
um, F-U-C-K-I-N-G. Um, there could there could have been <laughs> a lot of different Fs placed inside of it, but no, no, fitness is in there, and uh, yet uh, 90% of people today are not fit. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, I have six. Uh, my six Fs are in no particular order, so there's no order or hierarchy to this. Um, it's uh, fitness, finance, family, faith, fun, and friends. The only asterisk, which I will explain, has to do with uh, faith. Uh, the rest of them are capital Fs, but uh, faith is a small F, and I'll explain what I mean by that. I don't necessarily have to do that move, but I, I do. I'm sure the explanation of itself could make sense of it, but I just want to be clear what, we, what I'm discussing there um, for that. Now, another uh, idea that I can try, tr this is my first thought of meshing these two ideas, um, but in, in the past I have created this uh, ability and tool for coaches to kind of background in the back of their mind without explanation to a client and just in what we call backroom talk or coaches talk. We would, we would, come, to, we'd, we'd come to summarize about where this person's standing was in vitality and we would give a number to it, you know. And you can understand by giving numbers and classifications, of course, there's lots of argument around where people sit. And of course, you know, don't want to get people freaked out that they're being judged. So in our back of our mind, though, it's good for us to do that because it gives us at least, you know, some indication in our own mind, in, in our brains as a coach, if they're moving forward. And so we would say there was a scale, you know, of um, minus six to plus six. Well, I'm going to give you the idea now. It used to be minus three to plus three or minus five to plus five, you know, where zero was, you know, homeostasis, you know, um, and five is vital, you know, and uh, minus five is in, you're in some trouble, right? And that would, in the physical realm, we're probably discussing minus six being at the level of sickness or disease or, you know, just having having some uh, some rough times, rough rough go with it, as they would say. And uh, so I'm going to mesh that with this. So try to think about the minus six to zero to plus six continuum. And the only reason why you want to do that is that you could make it simple as this. If you're, if you're basically mediocre and, and not really sure about all the six Fs, then you're probably at zero. If you're, you know, having struggles or hard time or don't, doesn't resonate for you, if you're young, as I mentioned, if you're a young person or you know a young person, you want to speak to them about these things or use it in your coaching practices or friendship practices, et cetera, to help people uh, create a system, um, which is the reason for the five Fs and six Fs, just get people talking about, you know, my, uh, my love for alliteration, um, is that you want to place indirectly the, uh, where people would sit on that minus six to zero plus six. And then, you know, if obviously you're having a rough time with things, you're in the minus six area. If you're, uh, you're not really sure, but you're balancing some is probably zero. And if you're, if you're rocking and you're on the vital program, then, uh, you're plus six. And, uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with plus being a plus six, right? It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool number. Uh, this is also, as, as pre-mentioned, but I want to reiterate that, uh, there's probably only a, you know, a high school graduate or um, a young person or an adult, I guess. If we're going to classify this, you know, 18 years of age and older, <clears throat> this this will be a message that, you know, at least something for you to think about. 
So fitness, well, fitness, um, you know, I could go on and on, but let's just take the idea that we're talking about this to kind of level up as to where you sit on it. And, uh, you know, the knowledge of patterns and pacing or the knowledge of doing resistance, um, slow resistance, absolute strength resistance, you know, three times a week and doing pacing, which is aerobic stuff, long, easy aerobic stuff, uh, four times a week and balancing those, you know, in the, what we call the vital program. If it's the first time you're hearing it, then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you do weights. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, you do hiking and walking and running. And it's, it is as simple as that. You know, again, conversation for another time to explain not only to myself, but others based on that. And it is simple and it's easy and it's, uh, you don't need a coach and you don't need a gym membership and you don't need all the things that, that go inside of that for cost. The basic premise of fitness and what that means is it's measured through consistency and rhythm. And it's the highest order, you know, uh, thing inside of the, the first one called fitness, you know, resistance and easy aerobic work. Um, and by doing that, I, I don't always mean to add all the things that come with it. Cause sometimes I take for granted, people may not know by doing easy aerobic work. It's very positive because it, you're out in nature and you're, uh, breathing at a slightly harder rate. And that is good for your lungs and it's good for your heart. And it's good for blood flow. Um, and those are the basic intentions why you do it. Um, and the reason why you do it longer um, is so that it teaches you patience, right? And it also uh, gives you an opportunity to unplug and get away from the everyday. Um, and uh, it, you know, it has a, a real positive return because Ironically, it also helps you recover from the other aspect that we'll talk about, which is patterns. Now in patterns, it's a push and pull, or I guess I should use the new language on it that people should be using. Punch, hang, sit, step, and uh, lift. Yeah. Uh, so those are all the patterns. And if you actually, if you're new to listening to this as an idea of it, or if you're not, you know, um, I highly recommend using that language in regards to it making sense to people. And that's what you do on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And those are all varied movements and very different positions and et cetera. And it's, uh, it, uh, you know, so many benefits that, that come from that. Um, second is finance. Now in the fi finance, I'm not going to claim to have as much, um, you know, background knowledge as fitness. For example, I've been in the fitness coaching for about 30 years, I guess, in multiple different ways, you know, even for myself. Um, and in the finance, uh, one, I don't have as much, let's call it technical expertise or training or, or know-how based upon it. Um, but that should tell you something because I do have, um, I would say financial balance, um, in my life. If we're going back to the, you know, the, the numbers, um, I can uh, offer an opportunity for my children uh, to go through university. Um, I was capable of putting braces on my kids. Um, I can uh, travel and uh, travel with my family and experience different aspects of the world. Um, I can purchase books, you know, a lot of books to read. Um, so I could go on and on, but uh, the all I'm saying is that, um, no, I don't have technical expertise on finances, but what got me there then what got me to this point though that uh i actually have i would i would say uh just as high of a score with regards to a you know absolute measure in finance uh 
than I do for fitness, you know? So, um, but I have some basics to think, you know, that I, that I, you know, work on, um, in order to make that happen. And again, if you're a young person listening in and you're not, you know, on the back end trying to figure it out, or you get your own perceptions on what finance is, um, there are some basics. And one of those basics is, uh, save more than you spend. Um, another basic, which I, I was fortunate enough to learn as I went was the aspect of, uh, taxation and the aspect of, uh, uh, saving for long-term, um, and the aspect of, uh, patience in the slow game and what, um, um, Berkshire Hathaway calls, um, incremental normalcy and the slow, small things, uh, right. Um, I forget what the book was called, but, uh, I think it was something like, uh, of all the small things or something like that. Anyways, it's one of the investors with, uh, that group, um, that wrote a real good book of, uh, or is it the important things anyways? So in finances, it's, it's that. So if you're, you know, if you're looking at it from a, if you're a young person, you're looking at this for a lens, it is fairly simple, regardless, uh, of what someone would tell you, um, that notwithstanding the future, the future, I would argue, uh, is going to be a little bit more interesting uh, to say the least, for um, home prices and uh, the lack of uh, incentives for uh, having a family, the uh, lack of incentives or uh, the incentivizing to, you know, stay in university for eight years. Um, you know, so I, th- that that is not doom and gloom, but there are going to be some challenges. But if you look at some of the basics and you look at people who have had success, the, the, the system... The system has been tried and true, regardless, right? Regardless of what you want to say of accessibility and what people are born into, and et cetera. Regardless, uh, when individuals graduate and they graduate from high school um, and they get a job, and they may get a job after post-secondary graduation, but uh, that's actually not as necessary. But they graduate, they get a job, and they only start building a family after they've been married. Um, and they apply this, you know, save more than you spend. And they apply that idea of this long-term goal and success. They apply the idea of uh, taxation and what it means. Um, and where the because taxation, you know, when I was in Canada versus it being in Arizona, it still applies. But at least what I'm saying is that taxation was my personal entry into understanding, um, you know, uh, the revenue service and uh, understanding the economy at a very basic level. Um and it's sometimes very easy for you to get pulled aside outside of that because you, like me, you you know you uh, you read the Wall Street Journal and you're thinking you know well the first eight articles there four of them have to do with stocks and bonds and Roth IRAs and et cetera, et cetera. and so it makes you think well gee this is you know and, and crypto and uh, investing et cetera you know and it's like yeah but you know uh, that doesn't apply to a ton of people that doesn't apply to a ton of people you know. But so there's based on basics and on the finance arm, uh, graduate, uh, get a job and only have babies when you're married uh, and uh, and save more than you spend. I mean, that, uh, uh, you know, I can just, you know, understand if folks may think, well, there's a lot more to go on and you got to be able to do this and et cetera. And, you know, I don't know. I, I actually think that uh, when it comes to because I have practiced, you know, my own personal version my own personal James Fitzgerald version of uh, minimalism. 
And the actual cost requirements for vitality kind of puts people into this quote unquote lower middle class in today's society. Um, and it's not certainly not uh, poverty or having to require, you know, government assistance. Uh, you're certainly not elite. I mean, and you're certainly not upper middle class. Now, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, what the upper middle class has for um, revenue and savings and, and uh, etc., um, they're actually not the best group to look at uh, because they, uh, they waste a ton of money um, on things that they don't need and on the back end still are looking, you know, to not, not for all of them, but they're basically in the rat race to get ahead where if they actually looked at, you know, what they were spending their money on and uh, thinking about even a minor concept of minimalizing outside of the basic needs, right, for uh, food and shelter and uh, stuff for those around you. Um, it's actually not that, not that much. So something to think about. Uh, the third F is third, but not in order is a uh, family. And, uh, yeah, family can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And if you're a young person, uh, what we mean by that is, uh, is, is, does, doesn't mean you have to, um, marry, uh, and, uh, have a long-term only one long-term relationship, uh, with another and have, uh, three kids um, it doesn't mean that, but you have to, you, you can't turn your back on the successes that come, uh, for vitality for everyone in the room, uh, when that is, uh, the nuclear family is, is, if it's not idealized and is partaken in, it is, it is at least admired. So, uh, I'd be very cautious in uh, poo-pooing the concept of family, uh, if anything, for this, for what I regard as family, it's um, a male and female and three kids, um, and it's uh, I guess you would call it um, the mystical ideal, you know, um, and uh, it doesn't it certainly because and the reason why I'm I'm pausing on this to because I'm, I'm all in and all behind that. Uh, but I also understand not everyone is going to fall into that area. But, uh, if you're, if you have any like disregard for my, my points on that is you, you can't argue against the, you know, inexplicable truths on the happiness and contentment and, and optimism and, um, true vitality that comes when individuals, uh, are raised um, uh, with siblings and with people that love them and they feel they're secure in that setting and they have two parent role models um, both you know vying for them and backing them up and and uh, when it when it when you use that as a base support in this concept of what I'm calling the ideal for the concept of family it's pretty pretty hard to argue against it um, and at the, believe me at the same time you could still hold uh, in your mind, the fact that there's a lot of people who don't apply to this family method and they're, they're happy, right. And they're, um, and they're successful, um, et cetera. Um, but if you're a young person and, um, you're, you're post, you know, you're out of puberty and you're young and you're just getting up and going, um, you know, a lot of you listening in nine out of 10 of you will really, you know, understand what I mean when I say that, 
Now, it doesn't mean you're going to do it or it doesn't mean you have some like you've had, you know, maybe a bad, you know, family setting growing up or you um, don't believe in uh, the opposite sex or one opposite sex partner for your whole life. You know, I can understand that. You know, I can certainly understand that because it seems like there's, you know, 17 different options, but um, you just can't beat it. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what else to say, you know, um, and that's what the definition is of the family. It's a male and female and three kids. And, uh, you know, it, you know, if you're a person, right, if you're a human, how did you get here? How are you experiencing this wonderful life, right? You are experiencing this wonderful life because it did take a man and a woman, um, to do things that created you, right? Um, you were created by your parents, um, and that's what creation should mean to you. Small C creation. You were created by your parents and you were willfully created by your parents in most cases. Um, and even if not that love or, you know, if that sexual intimacy and true love and true connection, uh, they weren't thinking about having a child that led to one. It is what it is. That's the biological, you know, game that we play that we're a part of. And, um, if you don't know it, I can just tell you there's a lot of people, there's a lot of individuals out there who, quote unquote, which never know were mistakes, but it was it's never truly a mistake, if that makes sense. Um, anyways, you, you uh, a listener, you know, you need to appreciate the fact that it took a family to get you where you are, and it very well may take a family concept or you digging into the concept of family uh, to give you happiness. And so if uh, you feel any sorrow or, you know, you get triggered by that concept of, you know, um, what I mean by the family and uh, male, man and woman and three kids, um, just, just uh, reflect on it for a bit, okay? Just reflect on it for a bit. And then for those of you who are young and, and really feel and resonate with that, um, then the reason why I mentioned family is important there uh, because it is a big F. It's a big F family. Um, and there's so many things that I could talk about, uh, with regards to where I sit now as a parent and, uh, being, um, one of the individuals in our family. Uh, but really what I feel is, um, the, uh, the leader and the, uh, and the, the protector, um, and, uh, the one that wants to see, this, this entire system of our family, Chloe and Hannah and Leanne and myself, uh, move forward. Uh, what I'm mentioning in there is that if you're young and, and listening to that, there's so many things inside that are really, really positive, really humanly positive and humanly challenging, but really, um, you know, helps you create uh, discipline, awareness of others, etc. It's, it's, uh, super. Uh, faith. Uh, what I mean by faith and it being a small f, um, using Christopher Hitchens' words here, uh, anything asserted without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence. Um, it's the same for this. And what I mean by faith is uh, really the word hope. And uh, hope does tie into the concept of whether you are in that grouping or not, you have to you have to have some hope and faith in overall humanity. Um, and the, the uh, quote unquote, the, let's call it the, you know, sounds like big words, but the collective project of this, the whole thing of all these humans, 
homo sapiens uh, on this planet spinning a thousand miles an hour um, in space uh, you know and you, there's you've got to have hope in that and hope meaning that uh, you got to believe that the vitality model is going to work um, that's what I when I say for some people at the end of the day you just got to believe you know a lot of coaches ask me well how am I going to help this person they don't believe in autonomy or they don't uh, believe this is going to be the way they need to go and I was like you know I'm not sure if you can help them you know and the way I describe it to some is like um, you know uh, trying to trying to get uh, um, uh, a non-religious person to believe in religion you know um, is is very challenging it's like so what i mean by that is that to get someone to believe you know it takes a lot it's a lot of hard work it is the go the opposite way too so it's uh uh when i say f for faith it means hope and it means hope in vitality uh, because uh vitality um that belief has to be there you know because and I know this, and this is one of the saddest parts why I get more pessimistic. Um, you know, there, there'll never be a, a, an, a, an accepted, you know, an accepted idea outside of maybe 3% of all humans that um, eating real food and moving every day and learning every day um, is going to get people there, you know. And uh, that saddens me because... Um, the the argue the arguers against it um, generally come back to evidence. Well, there's there's no evidence. Well, I could I could I'm sure I could cherry pick and and strain myself, you know, for 30 years to find specific evidence that would indicate it being untrue. But it's you know humanity and humans and society is complex, you know. So um, you're never ever going to have in your lifetime if you're listening. You're never going to have evidence. To support the concept of vitality therefore you have to take a leap right you have to take a leap of faith and you have to have hope um, and that's what i mean by faith uh, the fifth f is fun what i mean by fun it's only because it's an it's a it's an f um, i mean being content and, um, you know, if you were to classify people into optimists or pessimists, you know, optimistic people, um, they do have higher levels of vitality actually measured, you know, um, you know, depending, you could argue, depending upon what the measures were and et cetera. But, you know, individuals who do, um, that's why they find amongst many different religious groups, uh, a lot of happiness and health inside those religious groups because they generally have some uh, um, optimism and they have some optimism towards uh, certainty. Um, and that keeps a lot of people really healthy, right? A lot of people really healthy. Um, and pessimistic people um, generally do have some cognitive and physical issues over time. Um, if you were to like, you know, use the same kind of quote unquote, uh, knowledge acquisition of that evidence, you know, um, it just, uh, it doesn't work out, but it, but, you know, it doesn't mean that if you were to classify people into optimist or pessimist, um, that the pessimists don't, you know, end up doing okay over time is just the pessimists. Um, cause I would 
put myself in that position more often than not. They just need to have um, optimists around them, you know, and I'm very fortunate and lucky to be surrounded by optimists and not hyper optimists, but, you know, people that challenge my, my doom and gloom concepts and challenge the lack of hope that I have uh, in many different cases for fitness specifically. Um, so the, pe the pessimistic people need optimists around. And the optimistic people, though, they also need things. They need discipline, right? Because the optimist, if it's, if it's uh, overcorrected or not overcorrected, but uh, it's taken, it becomes laissez-faire. Like if the, you get a laissez-faire optimist, um, they just turn into laziness, right? They turn into a mediocre balance, you know, balance perspective. And that doesn't get people there, right? Because that could lead to ill health, um, you know, because of your optimistic outlook. You know, he was a happy person, but he passed at 45 because of his lifestyle. I mean, those are the, those are the examples of that, you know? And uh, so what do you mean by fun as the F? Um, it means uh, being content. It also means laughter, uh, laughing at yourself, because people may, of course, try to put an, put this into an app or something so they get it every day. But the way you need to think about it is you need to be able to laugh at yourself or you need to be able to laugh at something. And because uh, a lot of people think today, especially in the technological world, that laughing at the expense of putting others down who are not in front of you, um, that's not what I mean by laughter here, you know. Um, I think when people get to the point where they can laugh at themselves or someone makes fun of them in different ways and they can laugh at themselves, um, that's fun. That's, sorry, that's when you're at an experience of fun. And also when, I mean, I'm trying to think about what we laughed at because we do this at the supper table just because I mentioned it, I think, on a just recent previous podcast. But we laugh so hard at the supper table sometimes with my family that, you know, the cheeks hurt and you're, you know, and we, we do really think about how often we do that because we like to have that happen, you know, and in my family specifically, I love having it happen. Um, and, uh, I do, it goes without mentioning that my, uh, brother has this, um, you know, in his, it's just in his essence, you know, if anyone knows my brother, you know, if you get him around a table, um, you know, or he just loves the jokes and memes and, and, um, you know, and, uh, what I'm trying to say there is that that's the kind of laughter that one needs in their life, right? Is that kind of laughter, laugh, laughter with your buddies, you know, or laughter with your girlfriends, um, laughter with your groups, you know, laughter with your, your settings at work, laughter with your social settings, like, um, always, if you, if you do always try to find the time to fit it in, you know, you can actually, you could actually purposely do this, right? You could take a goal to numerous times in the day, just add a little bit of uh, laughter to things. Um, you know, just making, making little jokes that are not at someone else's expense, right? But at yourself or at something like a concept. Um, and that's an aspect of the, of the, uh, the big F fun. That's what I mean by that. So what does fun mean? For, the, for those who are looking to score high on that, to add up to plus six, it means being content, not happy. It means being content, and it means uh, thinking about that concept of uh, laughter. Last but not least, friends. And uh, 
geez, if I was to measure, if I was to say, you know, this, these are my six Fs in 1995, and I was to say friends, I would have probably said something around what you have in your close friend group and what to do with those people. And because I would have been in university at the time and in 96, was it 96? Yeah, 96, we were in, in uh, London. I went to school in London, England uh, for two months. Uh, it was a, it was a, and that's what happened. It was happening in 96. So if I was the answer, you know, was what's, what's uh, friends in 96, it would have been my, um, my university buddies. That's what have been friends. But we my friends, you know, big picture for that young person listening in. Um, these, your friends are not those that are online. Sorry to break it to you. Um, you know, friendship is not parasocial. Um, parasocial relationships um, have been, like people believe in relationships today and they've been made to believe with likes and shares and comments and in connection to social media that uh, all these people are indirectly their friends. Now, those who argue that would say, no, 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 they, they, they know they're not their real friends. Um, but you are mistaken when you say that because these people really do think that these people would back them up. And how many times out there have people been so surprised um, that they have a disagreement online on a particular topic, a person that never been in front of them, uh, now all of a sudden they're not friends anymore, or they're banned, or they're muted, or I don't even know what the, how, how that goes today. So the measurement of friendship is not online, it's not parasocial, um, it's in person, right? It's those people that are uh, really close to you, that are willing to... Uh, you know, not, I used to use the term a step in front of a truck for you, but those individuals, um, uh, see you for all of your faults and they see you for all of your positive things you have to go on. Um, but, uh, and there's other things that can determine that friendship, but they also back you up. You know, they don't talk about you behind your back. These are basic premise, sim simple things, but we take it for granted today because communication is completely different, but friends are in person and those are the individuals, regardless of what that number of friends are, um, they're not online. And that's where you should start with this idea of like, who are my friends and who, who's got my back? You know, I guess in the military world, um, special forces world, who got, who's got your six? Um, who's, who's, um, looking out for you just because they are your friend and there's no other reason, you know? Um, and who's willing to, to tell you things, you know, ask this question, who, who's willing to tell you things that initially it hurts to hear, but uh, coming from them, it must be really meaningful. And that's probably an indication of who a friend is. And, um, and you gotta keep those people close, you know? You also, you're on the side of that, uh, you also have to ensure you know how to balance that friendship, you know, what is, what is friendship, um, uh, that's going to be, um, toxic to you. You know, we also have to, you may have to do some reading or look out and see what that means. You may have heard it for the first time today as a concept, the way you're looking at it. You may have taken, and that means you may have just been taking it for granted, but you may have never really asked that question, right? Like who are my true friends? Right. And who would be the people that I would defend, you know, and do, would they do the same for me? You know, do they live the golden rule, uh, as you do towards them, you know, um, or, or like treating those people 
and in the way that you wish to be treated and uh and that's what friends are and that's what uh uh you need to have you know uh, thinking thinking along the lines of that um also thought about it for family as well but if you've ever i think the book or movie book yeah book and then movie was called into the wild uh chris mccandless i think was his name if you first time hearing about it then i'd suggest you listen to it to understand that concept of you know uh, nonconformist the concept of solitude and the concept of you know um, nature and and the, the initial concept of minimalism and unplugging, etc. You know, I, I would dig into that. But one of the things, sad enough, that Chris wrote prior to his passing, being all alone, uh, was something along the lines of life is not really worth much if it's not shared with another. Um, and my hope is that for a number of you um, who don't have the wonderful experiences that I, I've had from the knowledge I've gained in, in uh, having a family, and uh, having good finance, having fitness, having hope, um, having laughter, and uh, uh, hope you you have those people around you who are in that position who would regard you as a friend, and that's how you can spot it. So those are the six Fs: uh, fitness, finance, family, faith, fun, and friends.